Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, hello, hello. Welcome aboard this crazy train ride of a podcast called Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. I am the host, or the hostess with the mostest, Charlie Sabrina Miller. And now let's give it up for that band. Oh, yeah. I tell you, every week they get better. Every week, I, I every week they get better. I love them. They're fantastic. This week we have... It's ketchup, not catsup. I don't know where it comes from. Sometimes it just creeps in and it just happens. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. But uh, we'll just leave it at that. How's everybody doing? Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to download and listen or stream and listen or however you're catching this. Thank you so very much. This episode, as the title suggests, not trans enough. Uh, this is something I've heard, read and I'm sure you have too uh, over the last, I don't know, year or so. Probably longer, really. And it, I, I, <laughs> I saw it and I said, you know, I got to talk about that. So that's this episode. Plus, we're going to have another joke so terrible. They're actually funny. This week we are on number four. Uh-huh, we're creeping along. We got 20 total, so we're on number four this week. We do have a secondary topic, and for those playing along at home, yes, it is the 10th of June, and we haven't heard any news about the new name for the secondary topic. Well, that's because of the recording schedule. (laughs) That's because of the recording schedule. If you haven't looked yet, check out Facebook. I guarantee you're going to see some information about that there now when you're listening to it when this drops on the 10th of June. So go to Facebook and check it out. And that's facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. But yes, we are going to have a secondary topic this episode. We are, we are. I'm going to share a song that, that I've liked for many, many years, just like I've done on previous episodes. And of course, we are going to have a little bit of listener feedback. So welcome aboard, new listeners. There's the breakdown of the show. That's what you're going to expect basically every week, something like that. Maybe a little different here and there because it is a stream of consciousness podcast and I take it wherever it takes me. <laughs> but welcome aboard, new listeners. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. Longtime listeners, dear old friends, as I like to think of you, and I hope you do as well for me, and I hope you think of me that way too. At least that's one of the things I hope keeps bringing you back to the podcast. It's great to have you back. Thank you again. Now, before we get into the main topic of this episode, let's briefly talk about the last two episodes. Number 88, Parenting While Trans. Uh, There wasn't much feedback from last year to this year. And when I put this on the list to record, I thought there would be a lot more to talk about. And the, due to the shortness of last episode, you can pretty much figure out that it didn't. I didn't have a lot to share for, for that topic. Uh, as my child grows older and, you know, is starting to get into school, that's when I think things are really going to be a little more pronounced and give me something more to talk about. 
I also hope that in uh, episode 88, you do enjoy the secondary topic, the uh, diversity of the secondary topic. Uh, it was inspired by, uh, well, episode five, way back when, episode five, and some feedback from some listeners recently. So if you haven't heard the secondary topic in episode 88, go check it out. It's, it's well worth it, I think. I had fun putting it together. I hope you have fun listening to it. That's all I'm going to say. And if you did hear it and you did like it, send me an email, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And for those that know exactly what I'm talking about, yes, there will be some more segments like that in the future. Also, since the show was running a little short, I added in a song, Springtime for Hitler, from the musical version of The Producers, uh, which I thought was pretty fitting considering the secondary topic. And if you're familiar with the movie from 1967 uh, and not familiar with the musical, you'll notice that the song is a lot longer. Well, that's because it's a musical and they were able to expound the song and, and elaborate it and make it into something, well, more like a Broadway show tune. So I hope you enjoyed episode 88. Now, episode 89 my conversation with Kat and Roro. Again, I apologize for the sound quality. I work with what I got, you know, and that's what I had at the time. So that's why it was what it was. I did clean it up as best I could, and I just hope it didn't distract too much. That's all I really care about. I also want to send another big thank you out to both Kat and Roro for taking the time to, uh, to sit down with me and talk. All right, you can find us on the web at changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Everything's over there that you need, all the links to iTunes and Stitcher, and there's an Amazon affiliate link and a PayPal donate button, and all the show notes and links that I talk about during the show, those are over there as well. So go check that out. As I just mentioned, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, Changes in Latitudes Podcast, uh, Transgender Experience, pretty simple to find once you start typing it out. Facebook, as I said before, facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast. Email, once again, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at CIL Podcast, Changes in Latitudes Podcast. And while you're out on the internet, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. Consider becoming a patron of the arts, a patron of the podcasts, a patron of this show for as little as $1 a month. This episode is brought to you by all my anonymous patrons, all the patrons that wish to remain anonymous. Thank you so much for your continued support, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so, so very much. Okay, housekeeping's done. Let's get on with it. Main topic, not trans enough. What the fuck does that even mean? I mean, just, I'm going to, you know, take it off right here at the start. What the fuck does that even mean? Not trans enough? I mean, that could be taken and twisted in so many different ways and fashions. Not womanly enough. Not childlike enough. Not grown up enough. Not masculine enough. Not feminine enough. Not fill in the blank i think i think you could get the ball rolling there what what the hell does that mean not skinny enough not fat enough i mean come on what the hell does that even mean and when did it start i mean i remember hearing about it 
briefly a while ago, probably some news article or some bullshit like that. I don't remember. And because I think they're full of shit, whatever it was, I didn't even read it. It was just part of the headline or something somebody said. I don't even remember. And now I notice it starts creeping up here and there in certain articles that float around the Internet. I try not to post them because I don't want to promote that sort of shit. But you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it out there. If you're cruising the net like I am for trans stuff, you know what I'm talking about. Not trans. You want to know who's not trans enough? Cis people are not trans enough. That's who's not trans enough. You know, that's really... The only answer to that. Who's not trans enough? Cis people. Period. Done. Conversation over. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way, but, you know, I, I, if, you, if you listen to episode 80 and 81 with my guest, Christine Newman, thank you again, Christine, for being on the show. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience, and I want to have you back in the near future. But if you haven't heard those, go check them out at probably after this episode or, I don't care, pause us and go back and listen now and come on back. doesn't matter to me. As long as you listen, that's what matters to me. But uh, it, I remember we briefly spoke about that. Briefly, we could have gone on for forever, but we briefly spoke about that, Christine and I. We talked about the whole not being trans enough. And it's just bullshit. It's something to hide behind. It's, it's an excuse for ignorance is what it is. Um, and I mean, and it kind of brings me into labeling. I mean, nobody likes to be labeled. We're on pretty even ground on that. And nobody likes to be labeled and nobody likes to label themselves. But to make things a little easier to digest for those around us and just other people and for people to understand a little bit more about what we as individuals are going through, labels help. Labels assist in that. So it's, I, I don't want to say I'm against labels. I'm against other people labeling people. But I'm not totally against labels. I say choose your own label. Something that is easy for you to lock on to and be able to use to describe yourself to those that are curious. And not out of malicious intent, just curious. Because, hey, you're an interesting person. I want to get to know you. So tell me about yourself. How do you label yourself? You know, not that that's the actual question you'd ask, but in, this, in essence, that's the question you'd ask. And, I mean, the same is true for different realms. I mean, for well, a lot of people like both, but for a long time, when I was a kid growing up, you either like Star Trek or you like Star Wars. You didn't really like both. You kind of just separated yourself there. Now it really doesn't matter, which is ultimately the point. <laughs> Nothing really matters like that, but you were labeling yourself a Star Wars person, Star Trek person. You know, some people don't like green vegetables, you know, don't want green vegetables. They'll eat all other vegetables. They just don't want green ones. All right, whatever. You know, that's a, there's a label in and of itself. Choose those words, whatever it is. So labeling, because that's really what, you know, trans enough. What does that mean? Part of a label by somebody else's definition. So labeling is, I, I really hate to say it's important, but it, it, it is. But self-labeling, self-labeling is the most important thing. I have a friend that uh, wrote to me on Facebook when I, one of the times I sent out, hey, you got something for me to talk about. And uh, what she wrote was, my daughter is dealing with pressures at school to label herself. I tell her not to worry about the label and just figure out who she is as a total person. Her sexuality and gender is just a part of who she is. But she still feels the pressure from kids at school to create a label. And that's kind of what I just had said. Creating a label, isn't, we don't want to label ourselves. 
but it makes it easy f- easier for those around us to under- help understand us better. You know, I mean, so let's just take a simple label like uh, with Cat and Roro from last episode, you know, bisexual. That's a label. I mean, it can be a definition as well, but it, 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 it's a label. But if that label wasn't used and, you know, somebody saw Cat with a female, oh, so you're a lesbian. No. Okay. All right. Just going out, having fun with the female. Okay. And then, you know, same person saw Cat with a gentleman. Oh, so you're straight. Well, no. Oh, well, now I'm really confused. So that person's struggling just trying to figure out what Cat is in this scenario that I'm explaining here. <laughs> Whereas when Cat comes out and says, no, I'm bisexual. Oh, the light bulb goes on. People grasp it and understand and go, oh, right. Okay, so you like both men and women. Or you like both the feminine and the masculine. Okay, I get it. That's cool. That's a label that I can latch onto and understand. And even Kat briefly in uh, that episode talked about, you know, demi girl and demi boy and things like that. And there's, there's, in my opinion, there are convoluted labels, which makes the person who's trying to figure you out, if you're labeled that way, makes the work so much harder. It's like somebody that has one of those difficult names to remember. You know, it's just a unique name. You don't hear it often. It's from some literary reference from, you know, a few hundred years ago or a very, you know, slightly unknown author, you know, known in small circles, not, you know, mass people know of the author. You know, names like that that are just so hard to figure out. Kind of the same thing. You know, what was your name? Oh, man, it's one of those weird names. And you try to pronounce it. You try to bring it back in your mind. And you, you say a convoluted modification of the name, but it's not right. And then they have to correct you almost every time they see you. And I'm talking about a casual acquaintance. I'm not talking about somebody that you hang out with, you know, three times a week or somebody you work with. If you work with somebody, I would hope you'd know their name eventually. I mean, depends on how close you, you'll work together. But you follow me so far, I hope. That goes back to my, the whole thing on labeling. Don't label someone maybe help them create a label because ultimately the label is not for themselves. It's for others that want to be around them so they can understand that person. At least that's my thought on it. That's my opinion of that. That's of what labels are. And, you know, some people take the label, whatever it may be, and, and wear it proudly, whatever that may be. Like, you know, I am gay, I am lesbian, I am bisexual, I am gender fluid, gender queer, transgender. You know, there's holes, the whole pride thing, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's part of, part of pride is taking pride in a label. So, so some people embrace the label where others don't want to embrace it, don't want a label, they don't they just want to be and exist and i'm not saying that's not cool that's what you want to do awesome but realize that people are going to try to label you at least in a, in a, in their own way whatever it may be they're going to try to label you so they can wrap their head around it and if they got to create that label well they're now well they're labeling you now and that's not the point that's not what that's not what the whole thing is all about Self-labeling is what it's about. And don't be afraid to change your label. Don't be afraid to change your label. If, you gotta, if you've, you know, let's, I mean, here's a story that we've probably heard many a time. A man, a young man, you know, born as a boy, raised as a boy, raised, you know, grown into a man, comes out as gay at some point in their, 
you know, life after secondary, well, it's any time in their life, whether it's before or after secondary stage puberty. But they come out as gay. And they live their life gay for 10 years, let's just say. And then they realize, you know what? I'm not really gay. I'm a trans woman. A straight trans woman. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. I'm sure many listeners know of or probably are people like that. Well, that's a label. That's a change of label right there. Change of label. So if you try, it's like clothes. You try on a clothes that, you know, doesn't work for you. You return it, to the, return it back to the store or, you know, leave it in the changing room or whatever the process is for you in that moment in time. And then you find something that does fit nicely and you wear it. And usually you keep gravitating back towards that style or maybe the maker or the type of fabric or the style of cut or whatever it may be because you feel comfortable in it. You feel that it's part of your personality and your persona and your image and all that. Well, that's also kind of creating a label, believe it or not. It's just a visual label because, you know, somebody always wears a hoodie, you know, pullover hoodie or something. Multiple colored pullover hoodie. Well, that's their thing. That's part of their identification is that pullover hoodie. You know, I'm sure people that don't know the person might even label them. Oh, that's the, you know, pullover hoodie person. Because they need a way to describe it. Again, somebody putting a label on somebody else. Which is why I say create your own label. Create your own label to be able to define yourself when somebody asks. Because if not, they're going to label you themselves however they're going to label you. And also realize if, if that's what you're cool with. If you're cool with, hey, I'm doing my own thing and I don't need to give you a label. And they still make up their own label. And you're cool with that? Psh, rock it. Run with it. Go for it. Who cares? Who cares? You, you, it works for you. You found a solution to the problem. And you're probably the type of person that would correct somebody if they do make some sort of reference that's incorrect or whatever the case may be. Well, good. You, you're, you got the bull by the horns. You're running your life. You're in control of that labeling process. So my answer to my friend about her daughter is we as a culture, you know, people in general, we like to have things organized in categories or labels or some structure so we can wrap our heads around it and understand it to the best of our ability, whether we choose to not ask more questions to gain more information and knowledge or choose to ask questions to gain information and knowledge. You know, we could take it either way. We like to label things. You know, just, that's just how we as humans are. So that's part of the reason why people want and need labels, whether it's, you know, somebody putting a label on somebody else or um, asking us for our label. And as I'm sure your daughter feels that pressure to create a label that she's probably not sure if she's okay with, it's okay to put to say a label now and change it later. And you may want to throw in the fact that, you know, well, I'm label A right now, but there's a chance I might change that as I grow because I, I'm a person and I evolve. You know, there's a perfect answer. <laughs> there's a perfect answer right there. Yeah, I choose to identify as, we'll just use the example of gay again, but I have the right to change that label because I'm a person and I'm evolving and growing just like the rest of the universe. Plus, hearing someone else's label helps define us a little bit more as well. You know, somebody hears a label, you know, 
here's the label gay. And then they, you know, understand what that means, where two men, you know, are in love with one another and want to be together physically, usually. And they say, well, no, that's not for me. So I, therefore, I know I am not gay. You know, and then whoever that person is, whatever that listener is, is going to say, say that. They, they, they realize that from that label, they are not that label. So it helps define an individual, knowing someone else's label. And as I mentioned before, the key, ultimately, is to find a label or labels that define you, yourself. And allow yourself to be able to change that label. And realize that the label can change day to day if, it, if that's the case, just like gender fluidity. You know, some days wake up feminine, some days wake up masculine. Got the right to change that at any time. So if someone's, you know, trying to talk to you and figure out, you know, oh, are you gay? Are you straight? Are you pan? Are you bi? Are you hetero? Are you homo? Are you cis? Are you trans? Are you this? Are you that? Are you up? Are you down? Are you green? Are you red? Are you blue? Are you purple? You know, whatever these, whatever these fucking labels are that they're trying to put on themselves, or excuse me, put onto you, try to use that to your advantage. I mean, ultimately, you can just say, no, I'm not any of those because I choose not to define myself, if that's, if that's what works for you. But maybe one of those words that they throw out, well, let's just choose lesbian for the case right now, you know? If that feels like who you are right then and there, then go ahead. Identify as a lesbian for that moment in time. If you, re- if you realize a week, too five years later or whatever, that that's not your label, and let's say your label is bisexual, we'll go from lesbian to bisexual, then fine. You have the right to change that label at any given time. Also about labeling, you don't have to fall into the stereotype related to that label. Let's just, let's just say gay for right now, you know. Not all gay men are flamboyantly feminine. There are a good amount, but there are a good amount that aren't either. So you got, you got a, a whole different types of people across the spectrum when it comes to just that definition of the word gay. Same thing with lesbian. Not every lesbian is going to look like the uh, quote-unquote, you know, bull dyke person, you know, who's going to roll you over with a motorcycle sort of deal. You know, not all lesbians are that way. And, and in the same breath, not all lesbians are the whole, you know, lipstick lesbian things that you see portrayed in, well, mostly adult magazines and things like that, but other places as well, news, media, online, you know, all that stuff. That's not the case either. They're not all like that. Just as there are some feminine trans men and some masculine trans women. Because that's how they choose to be and live their life and be who they are. If they happen to look a little more masculine, just like any other woman out there, there are plenty of cis women that have, a very, that, that have very strong masculine features, just as there are some cis men who have very feminine features. So you can't create a label based on looks. I mean, you can if you want, because I just used a bunch of labels so you understood what I was talking about. There's a great reason why labels are good. Great definition. And people can jump around between the labels, take a little bit from here, a little bit from there, you know, a little from column A, column B, and why not a little from column C? Because it's there. But if a label is used and you don't like it, correct the person. You know, 
that's why I say create your own. If somebody's going to label you, make sure they get it right. And only you will know that by labeling yourself. And I'm talking about the friendly people. I'm not talking about the assholes who yell at the yell labels at you trying to, you know, fit you into a category. I am not talking about that bullshit. Not talking about that. Those fuckers can go fuck themselves because they're, they're just trying to get a rise out of people. They're trying to create a scene. They're trying to do hateful things. Best thing you can do is ignore it, depending upon the situation at hand, of course. But best that you can do is ignore it because uh, most people at least at least uh, in the situations i've seen most people around will stand up and say look hey you're being a jerk you know i mean again depending on where you are who you are and what what's going on but that's usually how it is no i'm talking about the friends the genuine friends that are wanting to you know understand you more so they need a label to latch on to And then the strangers that have no idea, instead of allowing them to label you, if you give them your label first, you're in control. You're you're in control. If they they can argue all they want, they can raise a fuss all they want, but fuck them. (laughs) If they're going to be that kind of asshole, you don't need them in your life. So ultimately, that's why I say make your own label. And if your label is not having one, just realize there's probably going to be a little more confusion, a little more push from the outside person wanting a label just because that's human nature i mean most times how many times have you gone into the fridge and looked at something that isn't labeled you know whether it's in a bag or a ziploc container or something like that or even a casserole dish or whatever you looked at it and you went what is that i don't remember that i should have labeled it what is that i don't know does it smell yes does it smell bad no Okay, there's a good sign. Think back, think back. How long have we had this? What did we have this with? Do we still have some of that to go with it? No. What the hell is this? And you really don't know until you pull it out and take it apart and look at it, you know, take the lid off, maybe stir it around or whatever the hell it is. And then you know exactly what it is. But you had to figure out the label. So if it was labeled to begin with, you'd know exactly what it was. So I guess labeling is good in a lot of different things and bad in a lot of different things. I mean, you don't want to go around labeling people, but you do want to go around labeling your food. I don't know. I'm kind of going off on a weird tangent here. Uh, Well, let's get back to this whole not trans enough bullshit. Why do... I mean, I get why cis people will say, oh, they're not trans enough, because they have their own ideals of what a trans person's supposed to be. And they're, they're not very close to the trans community because if they were they wouldn't be saying that shit but they're saying that because they're confused oh you're not trans enough because you don't look the way i think you should look well okay go educate yourself and then come back and talk to me but the whole not trans enough coming from other trans people uh, i remember observing in the trans community here locally from a distance i didn't get involved i i i was it was brand new to the community so i was observing i was you know watching things before getting involved and there was i don't want to say an argument but a very heated discussion between a trans man who had been fully transitioned for quite some time and i believe was either 
going in for phallioplasty or had just finished it, something like that. I can't, it's, it's been too long to really remember those details because I don't really need to remember those details. But, you know, this, that's how far along this person was, had been on testosterone for quite a while, full beard, full developed voice, tall average height for a man, you know, not short like most trans men tend to be because that's just how the female bone structure from birth is. And there's not much we can do about that. Unless, you know, the younger you are before you start transitioning, you can. But I've talked about that before. And that's not what I'm talking about. But this person was basically fully transitioned. Okay. Was talking to another trans man who had only been out for, I think, a year maybe. Maybe not full-time out for a year, but out uh, but more importantly, only recently on, t- on T, on testosterone, very recently, a few months, if I remember, six months, I think they were excited about celebrating their six-month anniversary or something like that. So we got somebody who's on, you know, years in transition versus months into transition. And uh, I think their age was only off by a few years. So I think they, you know, probably started transitioning around the same time in each individual's life. Uh, I want to say late 20s, if I remember. Um, but nonetheless, that's not, not here or there. But the, uh, we'll just say the, the fully transitioned trans man was going off about, well, wait till you've been on T for two years, and then you come and talk to me about blah, 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 blah and some other bullshit that I, I kind of chose to ignore, but it's kind of hard not to. But bottom line, the older, you know, little further along in transition trans man was given this young trans man a lot of shit about transition uh and the younger the younger trans man said the one who had just recently started had not had top surgery and was healthy in that department so that was part of his dysphoria and that was one of the topics he spoke about uh and then the older person, the older, you know, further along in transition trans man said to, you know, wait till you get rid of those, you know, I think it was a derogatory term of puppies or some bullshit thing like that. Nonetheless, it was not a pleasant experience to observe. And, and, and all the shit that was being given, and you'd think in a situation like that, that it would be nothing but support. You know, yeah, I've been where you've sat, you'll be okay, you'll get through it, blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't that. And it kind of came down to the feeling of, well, you know, you're not trans enough unless you have top surgery. You're not really trans until you've been on T for six months or some bullshit like or a year or two years or three years or some some bullshit crap like that. And I've seen I've seen trans women get it, too. You know, oh, you're not going you're you're not on HRT. You're not a trans woman. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, You know, you're not. Having any surgeries, any surgeries, not top, bottom, face, nothing. You're not trans enough. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, I mean, some people, for a number of reasons, can't have HRT or, or uh, surgeries for, for a number of medical reasons then on top of those medical reasons, have personal feelings and choices on, to- on the matter and thoughts on the matter. So just because 
people don't necessarily go in a certain order. For example, with the trans men, you know, um, should have, uh, because, uh, in the, in, in the example with the trans man, uh, you know, the younger trans man should have gotten top surgery, you know, first thing because they were so endowed, you know, that's one of the things that was said. And, and I just remember thinking, well, you know, what if, what if the person can't afford it and they're saving up? But they're, you know, moving on in transition because that's what they want. You know, they want to be on T at the time. So it was things like that. You know, it's not, oh, there's no step-by-step process of it. I mean, there is to a small degree. You've got to have, you know, certain steps and checkpoints along the way. But bottom line, there's still choices. And everybody can make those choices. And it doesn't affect their trans status. It affects other things. But being trans or not, or not trans enough, well, what if somebody is too much trans? What is too much trans? If there's not trans enough, there's got to be too much trans. So do you tell me what is too much trans? Because too much trans sounds like a big convention of trans people, and honestly, that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. It almost sounds like pride. It almost sounds like trans pride. Oh, that's probably what it is out there. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? I mean, who is, what's too much trans? What is too much trans? Is, you know, maybe a drag queen show is too trans. Too much trans. Maybe. Because it's a drag show and it's meant to be. But what really is too much trans? Because if there's, if there's something as such as not trans enough, then there has to be something of too much trans. Yin and yang. You got to have the yin and the yang. So back to, back to, I'm running off to so many things. So back to being trans or not, and just because somebody chooses to be on HRT or not does not change their trans status. Surgeries don't change their trans status. Clothing doesn't change their trans status because anybody can wear anything. Now I'm going to include some links in the show notes. Uh, you know, basically trans definitions. I got them from uh, transstudent.org. Uh, Wikipedia, because I liked the way it was written, and glad.org. So go back to changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Check out the show notes for episode 90 for those links. They've got some great definitions of just transgender in, in, in general, and then some other variations, you know, gender fluidity, non-binary, you know, other definitions out there. So if you're curious and want to know more, Go check those out. I highly, highly suggest it. Quick reads, easy quick reads. You know, not going to read, be reading a news article for forever or some, you know, blog post for forever. Unless you want to. There's plenty out there on those websites. Now, lastly, before I get to the end of this segment here, why do some trans people feel the need or the desire to exclude those who are not like them? Because that's segregation. That's, that's going back to, you know, the early part of last century and creating segregation. And that's not cool. I mean, I know there are groups of trans people out there that choose not to associate with or want to be around or what have you with people who are, you know, gender fluid, gender queer, non-binary, because they're not trans enough in their eyes. I mean, now I understand, you know, maybe you're just not attracted to a certain individual type of person. You know, there are, for example, 
a man who's gay is not going to be attracted to every single guy out there. I get that. Same with lesbians. Lesbians aren't going to be attracted to every single woman out there. Same with true with straight people. Men, straight men, don't look at every woman and, you know, and want every woman. They're not attracted to every woman. And women, straight women, are not attracted to every guy. It's just the way things are. So because, you know, you're not attracted to them, you're not necessarily going to associate with them because you want to associate with people that you're going to be partnered with. I mean, I'm talking for single people, you know. Uh, a, a single straight woman, you know, who likes, you know, the, the three-piece suit person and doesn't like the surfer, you know, long-haired surfer guy person... Well, then she's probably going to go to more business things than the beach. Because that's where the type of person she wants to be around is. The same is true with other trans people. I mean, if, if, the, if you're not into a certain type of music, but all these other people are, trans people are, I'm talking in just trans alone, you don't have to go with them because they, you know, you, it was a, it's a trans thing. If you don't like the music, don't go. Do what you want to do. Be around who you want to be around. And I don't understand excluding people just because, you know, their journey is not the same as yours. Well, if your mentality is that, my thought is good luck in finding people that their journey is identical to yours because nobody's journey is that identical. I mean, it, it isn't. I mean, probably a lot of similarities, but... You're, you're talking about, about, you know, processes, not an individual person. Take the individual person. Because in any form of coming out, meaning deviating from the norm, quote-unquote, of society, you know, which I think we all understand is, you know, uh, straight men, straight women, you know, some gays, some lesbians... You know, that mentality. And breaking that preconceived pattern, you know, is a big step for people on different levels, whatever those levels are. For example, with the conversation with Kat, Kat's so young and her peers are so open-minded, nobody's had a problem with her coming out as bisexual. When I was 14, if I had come out as, you know, trans, it probably wasn't really a term, but if I'd come out, the, the embracement would not have been the same. I probably would have had to change schools. So there's a prime example of how things are changing. But if her, you know, let's just say straight friends turned their backs to her and was, were no longer her friends... That's the same type of thing if a trans person turns their back on another trans person because their process isn't the same or, you know, they're not on HRT or they're not planning some other surgery or whatever the case may be. That I don't understand. That segregation mentality I do not understand, especially in a community like ours, because it is such a huge thing to come out as trans. It's huge to come out as, as anything. As I was saying, anybody who goes against that norm, you're, you're being truer to yourself than 
most people because most people will just go along with whatever you know they feel is comfortable they're not going to question things within themselves until they're 40 50 years old and then go hmm wonder why this has been going on it's kind of like my story if you've followed the show so far that's kind of my story something been in my head for you know 20 something 20 30 years until i went wait this has been with me for this long i got to do something about it you know had i answered the the door quote unquote way back when I wouldn't be where I am now, of course, but life would have been totally different. That would have come out then. So coming out, you you reach a step closer to yourself. So anybody that comes out has already really, really taken a hard look at themselves and has come out. And so for others who have also come out, taken that step of reaching who they truly are, to turn their backs on others who have done the same thing boggles my mind boggles my mind i don't understand the hate and discrimination from one group and th- and that makes me wonder do other minorities we'll call it minorities for now do that as well do certain i mean i i know that certain because i'm if you haven't seen pictures on facebook I, i'm i'm white <laughs> and if you haven't guessed by my voice i'm white and so I know for a fact that the white culture that I grew up in has changed drastically over the years, but in my youth, yes, it turned its back on other white people. It didn't, you know, embrace them just because they were white. They turned their backs on them. So I wonder, do other cultures, you know, like a group of Latinos or a group of black people or a group of Puerto Ricans or a group of Italians or some other some other culture that is, it, it has come to America to live. Irish. I mean, we're, we are the great melting pot. All these people, I wonder, are there others of their same culture that they turn their back on? Because for, for whatever reason. You know, they didn't do it the same way. They, 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 don't, they don't work the same way as the, as the others. Uh, who knows? It's just it's one of those questions to throw out there to the universe. But, again, I don't understand the hate against itself. That's what I don't understand. Because, you know, that group is usually demanding equality, but yet they're not allowing equality for others. So, they're, you know, going against themselves. And something else that has recently come up in the news is, you know, people saying that a cis man who doesn't want to have a relationship with a trans woman is seen as transphobic. And I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that at all. On a general, on a general statement, individuals, fine, we talk about the individual on an individual basis, but as a group blanket statement, I don't like that. Because what if this cis man is only attracted to a certain type of woman that a trans woman may not fit in the category of? Short, like four foot, something most trans women are over five feet you know i mean so trans women that are under four feet shouldn't be a problem you know if this cis person is choosing to have you know natural children natural childbirth children then a trans woman would not suit his category of something that he's looking for for a mate doesn't mean he's transphobic he just knows what he wants um, and the same is true, you know, not all gay men like all gay men, not all lesbian, you know, are attracted to all women. You know, people have selected tributes. I mean, there are people 
there there are people who are highly attracted to a black man and there's lots of porn out there to 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 support that that wouldn't be such a high hot topic if it wasn't and then there are some that are just not attracted to that same is true with other types of porn some people are attracted to the uh, uh the fetishy stuff you know the bdsm and all that all that you know tie the person up torture them things not everybody likes that so just because you know somebody doesn't like going to the bdsm sites because they just don't like that doesn't make them against bdsm it means they just don't like it the same is true on so many different things out there. Just because you don't like cola products and you only drink, you know, 7-Up or Sprite or clear sodas or something, doesn't mean, you, you, you know, you hate cola. You're choosing not to put that, you know, color in your body. Or you just don't like the flavor of cola. It doesn't mean you don't like it. You just choose not to have it. You're still allowing Coke to exist, you're not you're not boycotting it from all the stores. You're not putting up a fight to get rid of it. You're choosing just not to have it. Well, same thing, same thing. And 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 within different within different gay men cultures and uh, lesbian women cultures, there's also types that people do and do not like. Like in gay men, there's the whole bears. Uh, uh, concept, the hairy man, uh, I don't want to say fetish, but attraction, you know, there's that. Well, not all gay men are going to be into hairy men. It's just, just as women, women are not going to be into all hairy men. Some are going to be into it. Not all of them. It's such a, such a, a, a mishmash mix of likes and dislikes and label putting on people. And it's, 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 I'm so tired of it. I'm so, so tired of it. So I think that's a long enough tangent on this topic. Christ, it's been going on for a while. So not trans enough. There's no such thing. If you feel that you fit the definition of trans, which I should have read, but it's basically the breakdown to the easiest simple terms for the umbrella term transgender. Anyone who bends or blends the gender binary. And in being a trans man or a trans woman, you're blending the gender binary. You're crossing from one to the other. So there still be attributes from, from your previous gender, your birth gender, to your preferred and current gender. There's going to be, because you're the same person that you are. I mean, yes, there are things to change that. Lots of operations and facial construction and, and, and top surgery, bottom surgery, liposuction, this and that and the other thing. Lots of, lots of stuff to do that if you choose to spend that much money and go through all that, if that's your choice for that. But no matter what you do to the outside, always remember that once, once you've passed off this you know, planet of ours, What's left, no matter what is done to it, the DNA is going to show essentially your birth gender. Because DNA, you can't, unfortunately, at this point in our medical history, change. So you can't run from it. You might as well embrace it. Realize that it's, you know, it's what you got to work with. It's like a sculptor with a stone. You know, they're going to find this big piece of granite or marble or whatever, and they have to figure out what to put on it. 
And then take a look at rocks. Some are tall and slender. A lot are fat and wide. Trying to figure out, you know, what you're going to make out of whatever can be tough. Same is true with a canvas. You know, an artist taking a pencil or paint to canvas. Same thing is true for a wood carver. They take a big piece of wood, however it may be, and have to figure out what pieces to remove from it to create whatever it needs to be, you know, what they're going to create. But bottom line, it's still going to be a piece of wood. Bottom line, the statue is still going to be a piece of rock. So, you know, if that piece of wood broke apart, people are just going to say, oh, look, wood. If the statue broke apart, people are going to say, oh, look, stone, marble, quartz, you know, granite, whatever it is. So you can't run from it. It's part of it. Just embrace it is, is my thought when it comes to uh, uh, things like that. Wow, I have gone off so far. All right, let's let's get let's get on with the rest of the show. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com. Folks, thanks so much to Tom Slayton. He's such a sweetheart of a guy. If you haven't checked out his sites, check him out. TomSlayton.com, number one, just as the commercial says. But also check out his, his new newer. It's been around for a little bit now, but check it out. It's still new. He's adding a lot of pictures all the time. His 500px.com site. It's 500px, and that's the number, 500px.com forward slash TWPS. It's, I love his eye for photography. I really do, and I hope you do as well. So... Shoot on over to 500px.com forward slash WPS or TomSlayton.com and show him some love. And tell him Charlie sent you. Twenty jokes so terrible they're actually funny. This was found on Tickle.com, published June 2015. You can find it in the show notes over on changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Number four. A dyslexic man walks into a bra. Yes, 20 jokes so terrible, they're actually funny. Secondary topic. Secondary topic. Now, I know I've been saying this for a while, that I'm going to change the name of this section, and you're right, I have been saying it, and I am going to. 
The deal is the whole production editing process time. I'll be honest with you, folks. I'll be honest with you. I am recording this on the 31st of May to make sure that I have enough time to edit, possibly re-record, and make sure it gets out to you on time. So I haven't really hit June 1st yet. So technically tomorrow, I'm going to be posting a survey over on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. I'm going to be posting a survey tomorrow, June 1st. (laughs) Tomorrow meaning the day I'm recording, not tomorrow the 11th of June. See, that's where it gets confusing when you put a podcast together. But anyhow, June 1st, I will be posting a survey of, you know, titles that I've been given over the last, oh, about eight weeks now. And I'm going to be running that through most of June. So by the time this drops on the 10th, you'll have seen that survey uh, hopefully a number of times by now. So by the end of June, beginning of July, there will definitely be a new title for the segment, Secondary Topic. Now, this secondary topic that I want to uh, share with you today is a song from, well, it's kind of, I don't want to say my youth. It's, <laughs> I heard it first in my youth, and it's stuck with me ever since. And then finally, as you know, we moved into the digital age of music, and it'd be, more music became available to more people, I was able to finally obtain a copy. And, and I love it just as I did when I first heard it. Now, I first heard it, like I said, when I was a kid, probably six, seven, eight years old. My father and I were watching a Marx Brothers movie. We were watching Monkey Business. Uh, For those playing along at home, it came out in 1931. And it was the first movie specifically written for the screen for the Marx Brothers. Their two previous movies, Coconuts and Animal Crackers, were, as said before, tried and proven Broadway shows. Coconuts ran for I don't remember how long. Uh, Animal Crackers ran for I don't know how long, and then they brought back Coconuts for a while. And in that process of doing Coconuts and doing Animal Crackers and then doing Coconuts again, uh, that was all in New York on Broadway. During that process, they went during the day to a studio out in New York and filmed it for Paramount. So, And it, it actually you can hear during, during Coconuts. Groucho refers to Chico as Ravelli for just a brief moment. I think he doesn't even get the whole word out, Ravelli. He just gets Ravel. Because that's the character's name from Animal Crackers. So they were performing Animal Crackers at night, filming Coconuts during the day. And later they were performing Coconuts and filming Animal Crackers all out in New York. Well, then they moved to California, Hollywood. And in 1931, they came out with Monkey Business. And it didn't work as well as the other two because it wasn't a Broadway show to begin with. It was just written for the screen. It's also one of the movies that their famous, famous uh, lady partner will say. Some refer to her as the fifth Marx brother, Margaret Dumont. Uh, She was not in this. The studio thought she wasn't sexy enough. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, And you're probably wondering how the song falls into all of this. Well, I don't want to give away the storyline, the loose storyline of the movie Monkey Business. I highly suggest going to, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, or I think you could also purchase it from iTunes or rent it on iTunes. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't looked for it in so long. But that's because I have a DVD somewhere in my collection. But if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest it. It's only 97 minutes, so it's a quick, it's a quick one. Uh, it can be considered by some uh, connoisseurs of the Marx Brothers comedy as one of their better ones. Uh, I like it. It just happens to be one of my 
you know, top-notch one, but uh, I also enjoy Duck Soup, which is another one that uh, was also not a, a Broadway show. It was written for them for the screen. Monkey Business, Horse Feathers, and Duck Soup were the three that were written for the screen, and they didn't do as well as Coconuts and Animal Crackers. And uh, Paramount dropped their option until they went to, to MGM with Irving Thalberg and made two of the best movies out there by a lot of people's opinion, whether they like the Marx Brothers or not, but that would be A Night at the Opera and A Day at the Races. Uh, those would probably be the two top Marx Brother movies out there. But I'm going off on a tangent about Marx Brothers. Uh, back to Monkey Business from 1931. Again, not to give away this very loosely based uh, movie plot, which isn't much of one to begin with. You have to enjoy the madness of the Marx Brothers. But uh, they start off as stowaways on a boat, on a cruise ship, and oh, somewhere within the first or second reel, uh, they have to get off the ship. And they, one of the ways, one of the you know, crazy ideas they have is they found Maurice Chevalier's passport. And so they all do an imitation of Maurice Chevalier singing, You Brought a New Kind of Love to Me. You Brought a New Kind of Love to Me by Maurice Chevalier. Now, in the movie, Monkey Business, uh, Groucho actually comes up and sings. 
and then followed by Chico, who does his own rendition, and then Zeppo, who does his own rendition, and lastly, Harpo. And Harpo, who's the one who does not speak, it actually starts to play the phonograph record of Marie Chevalier singing, basically what you just heard. And you, you, everyone is wondering where this sound is coming from. And he pulls aside his coat, and strapped to his back is a phonograph record that he continues to crank. In fact, everybody wonders why, why you know, where's the sound coming from? Because the, the phonograph starts to wind down, and the song starts getting slower. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It's an older song. And the reason they used that in the movie was because it was a very popular song from 1930, the year before. All right, moving right along in the secondary topic. Uh, a brief reminder of the survey that's uh, listed over on the show notes over at Blogspot over there. I've mentioned it, changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, cruise on over there. Look on the right-hand side. Look at the bottom of the page. Look on every single show note post for the word survey. There's a link there. You can go take the survey. It takes like five minutes. And it's a survey to help out the show. Let us know how we're doing, a little kind of a marketing thing. And in that, there are places to give feedback, likes and dislikes. And so that's what we're going to cover now. It's been a while since I've done this. I don't remember exactly how long ago, but uh, we're going to pick it up and see what those comments are. So in that survey, you can type in your own likes and dislike comments, and there's all anonymous, so I have no idea who's saying what because there's no way to track it back to you. Uh, and I realized probably the last time I went over this was um, probably March of 2016, uh, and I've only gotten a couple more uh, responses on it, so it's not like there's a long list to go through. But we're going to start with the likes. From May 26th, content related to transgender experience. These are the likes. I'm glad you're liking that. Thank you. Also on the 26th, there was learning more about the transgender culture through someone else's personal experience and point of view. Uh, those are two wonderful, wonderful likes. I'm so glad that uh, I can give you that feedback, that, that commentary about being trans. All right, let's move over to the dislikes. Strangely, there's only one from the 26th, so that means... One of the people did not reply, did not give a response, which is fine. That's okay. I'm going I'm to assume that nothing listed means that there's nothing to dislike. Just kind of a logical in my own mind. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, but the one from the 26th of May was not long enough. And I, I, that's, happened, that's happened before. Back in March, there was also one saying uh, the length was too short. And if I remember correctly, even before that, there was one that uh, said something like that. And it, uh, and, and it boggled my mind. I'm like, wow, not long enough. How much longer do they need to be? How much more can I give? Because... I mean, yes, certain topics are like like last week. I, I, I or what was that? Not no, not last week. The week before, yeah. I the topic I had selected ended up not being a very big topic to end up talking about. Yeah, well, that's part of the stream of consciousness. I come up with the topic and then I make a quick outline, and sometimes that leads me into bigger tangents like this one for this show, because <laughs> wow, or it doesn't. And usually I try to sh make sure the episodes are very close to an hour. If I fall between, you know, that 45-minute to an hour mark, you know, with, you know, like throwing in a song like I did you know, two episodes ago and, and I've done on many episodes in the past, 
where it's where there's no introduction to the song all of a sudden there's a song yeah that means the time's running short and i want to you know make it something a little more longer a little more longer that doesn't even make sense uh, that's all right i'm tired <laughs> anyhow so yeah sometimes there's there's not going to be a lot to talk about and then like this episode there is going to be a lot to talk about so i can't always guarantee you know a long episode, and to me, an hour and a half is pushing it. Like, like I have a feeling this episode, as I'm sitting here recording, I have a feeling this episode's probably going to get close to that. And that's just because of how this, this particular episode is rolling off the tongue, you might say. But not all episodes can be like that. Especially when it's just me and you know, myself talking to me and myself, which is tough. Which is also why I try to spice it up with some interviews now and again. And I try to make the interviews at least a good two hours long so I can put them into two separate episodes to sh- share that with the world a little, a little longer, you know, enjoy it a little more. So thank you again for the survey results. I'm so glad that you're enjoying what I'm talking about. And if you are one of those people that wants it to be a little longer, um, send me an email. Changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Or message me on the Facebook page and let me know what you want to hear about. What more do you want in an episode? Because uh, like I said, I try to talk about whatever I can talk about, but while still keeping it entertaining and flowing. So let me know what you want to hear. That's the best thing I can say. If you want more, let me know. All right. Last part of the secondary topic. Last part of the secondary topic. Uh, if you use Stitcher, a big thank you, thank you so very much, and thank you. In the past month, which means all of May, uh, at the end of May, I reached within their Stitcher ranking, which goes from, you know, number one show all the way down to the bottom, which is like 50,000 shows <laughs> or something like that. I don't, I don't know offhand. Uh, over 20,000 shows for sure. I, at the end of May, was able to reach the ranking of 2,631. Yay for us. Yay for me. I was ecstatic to see that. That was remarkable and amazing. I was so happy. So, listeners, if you use Stitcher Radio, thank you so very much for using Stitcher Radio and listening to the show. (laughs) It's the best thing I can say. And now, as a point of reference, because I've been tracking this stuff for uh, probably since the show began or shortly thereafter, and the average Stitcher ranking that I have, I mean, it, 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 I've said it before on previous episodes, the highest I think I've gotten is somewhere in the 2000s. Uh, then I've gotten a few 3000s. Uh, but mostly, I fall between the 4000 and 6000 range. Sometimes a little less, sometimes a little higher, you know, but usually the number each time they update it, which isn't regular... Uh, is is somewhere between 4,000 and 6,000, or even 4,000 and 7,000, I'll say. So to have jumped up to, to 2,631 is remarkable and awesome. So thank you if you use Stitcher. Thank you so very much. listener feedback only got one quick listener feedback for this particular episode one quick one from listener danielle w 
I got your email and I hope you got my response. Your email to me says, thank you so much for the wonderful commentary you give me for the email I sent to you. It was so sweet of you. It took me by total surprise. You definitely made my day. Your faithful listener, Danielle. Well, Danielle, thank you for listening and thank you for writing. And you're welcome. I, I, I try to get back to everybody that writes, uh, usually within you know, 24, 48 hours, depending on how life happens around here. But I do try to get back to you. Sometimes time goes by and it slips, but I do my best. I'm a one-man show, one-person show. One man, one woman, one person. That's me. I do it all. <laughs> but thank you so very much, Danielle. I appreciate it. Next listener feedback. This goes out to longtime fan and friend and supporter of the podcast. For all from the beginning, Candace T. Now, you've, if you're a longtime listener, you've heard me mention Candace before. She's a sweetheart of a person. She has a, uh, it's not a GoFundMe page, but it's basically a GoFundMe page. It's through generosity.com. The, the link is going to be over in the show notes over at Blogspot, and I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to post it on Facebook a couple times. So be sure to go check it out. And if you, if you can't contribute, please at least share. The full link, just because you may not be able to get to Blogspot or Facebook, the full link is www.generosity.com forward slash medical fundraising slash Candice Trice transition fund she has been such a supporter and a, and a wonderful person to chat with through facebook on occasion and i feel so honored to be a friend of hers and part of her life and that she's part of mine and and the podcast and the way that she is so even if all you can do is share the link on your social networking please share the link on your social networking like i said i'm going to post it on facebook i'm going to tweet about it and it's going to be on the show notes over at Blogspot. Well, shit, there we are. There's the closing music. We made it to the end. Oh, wow. What a what a show. What a what an episode, huh? Lots of tangents on this one. I'm not sure how the edit's going to be, but I know it's going to be a long show. So thanks for sticking around. As you know, I do appreciate it. Next episode, I'm going to call it Everyone Hates Their Body. That's right. You heard me. Every one. Yeah, we're going to talk about body image and stuff next time. I'm always looking for topics and I'm always looking for guests. So send them my way. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out Blogspot, changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. As I said, we've got an Amazon affiliate link. Do all your Amazon shopping through our affiliate link, and pennies on the dollar come back to help out the show. And it works on mobile devices. So before you go to Amazon, pull up your web browser on your mobile device. Go to changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Scroll down on the right-hand side. Be, look, be sure to look for the desktop version, by the way. Scroll down on the right-hand side. Look for the little Amazon banner bar thing there that's there. Click it, and it'll open your Amazon app and all your purchases. Send pennies on the dollar back to help out the show. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. So, 
Stay crazy, everybody. Take care of yourself. Take care of someone else. And I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, First, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Here's the end. Thanks for listening. And remember...